there needs to be a consistency to mindfulness mm -hmm. that develops your character over time. I think that's very important in a yoga teacher because that's what's going to make you a very good teacher is, is understanding your character and your tendencies for what you do, which is the core of what yoga is about. And it's got nothing to do with postures. You're listening to The Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face -face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, fresh from presenting at the inaugural Ignite Yoga Summit, Duncan Peake, a.k.a. Yogi Dunks, talks the mainstreaming of yoga, consistency of mindfulness, and smashing stereotypes, with Network's Catherine Wen. All right, so welcome, Duncan, to the Fitness Industry Podcast, and we're here to talk about all things yoga for 2017 and, of course, Yogi Dunks. So there's been quite an explosion in the yoga industry over the last few years. Can you tell us the biggest changes that you've seen so far? Well, firstly, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a great event, and um, it's really nice to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest changes that we're seeing in the yoga industry is there's now festivals and uh, industry training that probably hasn't existed at the level of professionalism that we're seeing now. And that's just showing that there's this yeah, mainstream market. I, th I said this yesterday in a classroom that yoga is to fitness what organic is to food. And I think that's what we're seeing happen. And we're seeing this yoga immersion that's very organic in a fitness world in that it's it's got mindfulness, it's also got the physical side to it, but it's working on a person's character as much as it's working on a person's you know, physical appearance and athletic abilities. And I think it's really touching a lot of people, the stereotypes of it being just housewives and hippies and old men sitting on mountaintops is finally going. And uh, we don't have to fight that so much. You know, 15 years ago when I started the first studio, that was such a big fight was to get through that stereotype. And now every major football team and sporting team has yoga instructors as part of their strength and conditioning team. So we're seeing that huge movement towards mainstream. And I think flexibility is a lot to do with the doorway is that people are, you know, you see a lot of the CrossFit and movement specialists like that needing range to do a lot of their activities better. Um, you know, all their handstand sort of work. They need that shoulder flexion capacity. And so they're turning to modalities like yoga and things like that to to get the, the range within their body and the strength at that range so that they can perform their sports a lot better. And then the other side to it is really the mental health yoga you know, most people stay with yoga for mental health reasons. The flexibility eventually dies off, you know, and it's not such a big aspiration to do a handstand or splits or something. And it's more about, um, I can feel peaceful from practice, which you get from any sort of athletic, you know, all the neuropeptides release and everything give you those sort of endorphins and everything. But there's a level of understanding yourself that is bringing yoga mainstream that people are now realizing is really sensible and probably a necessity in today's stressful world if we want to live 
with a level of inner peace that you know makes life enjoyable. Yeah, awesome, beautiful. And so tell us, you've recently had some, or a few weeks ago, some surgery on your back. Can you tell us a little bit about whether, you know, I was sort of saying you have elite or, you know, sports people or those that perform a particular activity or discipline at an elite level and they do it quite frequently and there's a lot of repetition and movement patterns that can be susceptible to injury just to the nature of the high repetitions. Can you shed us some light on if, you know, all your back bends and, you know, hours and hours and years of practice have potentially maybe been a cause of your back surgery and then how you've been able to manage or what's the word, change your yoga practice to in order to bring yourself back from that back surgery? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, as a somebody in the movement specialist world, or I call myself more of a yogi, but, you know, in that sort of when we look at it from an athletic point of view, it's humbling to be injured. And people expect that you are bulletproof and you're not going to be injured. But if you're going to do acrobatics, which at the level of we practice yoga is really acrobatics, gymnastic movement, injuries are going to be a part of it, like any sport. Um, injuries are a part of sports. Then you push your bodies to those ranges. So when I saw my surgeon, I was I showed him all of my moves that I do, <laughs> photos and things. And I said, you know, did this extreme range of backbending cause this sort of stuff? And for me personally, it's more of a degenerative disc disease um, in my lumbar spine that it's just something that occupies. And he said, somebody like me who's played professional football and been in the military and pushed my body to its limits, you know, at the early 40s to 50s, it's a normal thing for people to start getting degeneration and those discs starting to lose their level of hydration, their ability to keep hydrated. And whether it's the nucleus starts to seep out through the annulus fibrosis or in my case, the annulus fibrosis, which is the outer layer of the disc, sort of breaking away and starting to press on the sciatic nerve. It's not unusual. And he didn't say that he'd put it down to my yoga practice. Mm -hmm. He said if you did heavy lifting, which a lot of people know this, obviously forward bending and putting it under load, you know, rounded spine or even a rounded and a twisted spine and then under heavy loads, that's going to force the nucleus posterior lateral out the back of the disc and that's going to cause ruptures of discs. But mine wasn't actually a disc rupture, it was a degeneration thing that happens over time and it's something that I'll deal with forever. Yeah. The discs above and below my L5-S1 are degenerating as well but they're not pressing on nerves so there is no problem and that's what's happening with a lot of people. There's no, no issues with it, they're just going to degenerate and as we always say in yogi we're going to shrivel up and die you know we're going to lose the hydration in our body and everything's impermanent and we have our next life or however you want to look at it so you know for me it's it's not related to yoga as such if anything it may have prolonged sort of um sort of the injuries i, I had been dealing with sciatic pain for maybe five years and my yoga practice helped release that pain since the operation which i is a literally an overnight operation and you're walking straight away after it and they're free of pain the next day i'm now completely free of that sciatic pain but what I have done is since Christmas, I've done 40 Pilates classes with Polestar mm -hmm. Pilates, Dave Cohen, um, Dav Cohen, um, who's apparently the guy who brought Polestar to Australia. Um, and it just luckily, he's the closest Pilates studio to my home in Byron Bay. <laughs> and we just accidentally walked in and he's a physio. And I've really learnt a lot about yogis are very good at holding poses. 
but we're not very good at transitioning in between poses. And so our outer layer of musculature can get very, very strong and compensate for the real deeper layers doing the job. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked into my multifidus of my lower back and starting to see when it was turning on and turning off through a lot of testing work with him, I was noticing that I was really compensating using my erector spinae muscles and really strong you know, lats and traps and everything to do a lot of my backbending work rather than my multifidus. And I think that level of multifidus not working the way it should, which is what Pilates are so awesome at and a lot of the movement specialists you know, are great at, I think that may attribute to injuries long-term in the yoga world. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to you – know, one of my journeys this year is to try and pull it back so that people are moving a little bit slower in our yoga practice for a portion of our classes and teach segmental control and transitions mm-hmm. between poses as being more important than the end result of the pose. Yeah, and how awesome that your, your journey now that you're still like being able to learn and, and see those things from this injury. You know, I think it's very easy for us to sort of get it at a, at a, to a pinnacle place in, in, in our career and our, in our life with, you know, what we do as instructors and leaders that, that, you know, there's always still something else to learn, you know, like with this Pilates, you've just said, having a greater appreciation and understanding of how you're moving through the result of this injury, like is still a, still a learning curve for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's really revived my love for movement therapy because I was sort of moving into just meditating, you know, it's sort of where I'm at because flexibility is not a motivation for me anymore and strength not so much. But now, yeah, this has really revived my like, wow, there's a whole nother side to my movement that I thought I was really strong at mm. because I can hold these end poses, yeah. but I'm not. I'm, there's, there's, okay, there's another depth that I can actually train at. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's great being a student again and yeah. yeah, teaching that to people and passing it on. Cool. Awesome stuff. So shed some light on what 2017's looking like for the yoga world and then also yourself as, as Yogi Dunks, which is your, your little brand. My little brand. <laughs> Not little. <laughs> That's my little brand. I like that. <laughs> well, the yoga world at large, I mean, and you're seeing a lot of business people who have aspirations for yoga being a part of their offerings in their studios and mind-body being the being a very big growth industry, wellness, more so than what we've seen in the last sort of five to ten years. Um, so I think you're going to get sort of a lot of versions of yoga that are very fitness orientated, sort of growing and being introduced into clubs and things like that, which I think is great. I, d- I don't see any problem with that. A lot of yogis can get their knickers in a knot about that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but I think all yoga are all good. You know, I don't mind what level it's taught at. I think anything with a bit of mindfulness and movement is really great, and it will be a doorway for the people who want to find more traditional practices or however you want to say that. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. There's definitely some saturation occurring in different areas within Australia of studios. Mm-hmm. The younger kids who are growing up with yoga you know the the 25 and below their yoga is just as normal to them as what going to the gym was for the 45 year olds of us and so you see this huge movement of the younger people just thinking the local studios like the local gym which is awesome Mm -hmm. so it's getting so much more mainstream like that and we're also seeing the social media explosion in the yoga world where you can now 
become a social media, I suppose, celebrity and travel the world teaching workshops or taking photos of yourself doing poses in places and earn a living out of that and get clothing sponsors and things like that. Where, you know, back in the day when I started out, the only way you could actually make a living is you had to own a studio. I mean, you could travel extensively to studios, but it was so difficult to do because there wasn't the same exposure. So we're seeing a lot of people not wanting to run studios because they're huge investments and they're a huge amount of work and it's hard to run a studio and teach, which um, a lot of people would understand. And so we're seeing a lot more of the yoga world going, well, I won't run a studio, I'll travel and teach and be the social media world. And that's got great things in that it's exploding it to masses, but it's also got a superficial side to it that sort of devalues the depth of what yoga is and it, it means if you can do poses you know, really fancy poses, then you can get quite well known in the yoga world and that isn't an indication that you're a very good teacher. Yeah. And we see that a lot. We see some of the big Instagram celebrities come and teach and what they have to offer is very little in comparison to, you know, teachers who have taught 15 classes a week at a studio for 10 years. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot more to deliver rather than somebody who's been doing it two or three years but it's got an acrobatic ability and can look awesome. And so, again, I don't see a problem with either of them. I think they're both great and anything that's getting the word out of yoga is awesome. But it, that's where, where we're heading as these two studios and then the social media and, and that side of it. And then the festival emergence of, you know, like what you guys have got going on and some of the other music and yoga festivals, it's, it's, it's refreshing for me because it's not the hard slog of trying to convince everyone yoga is great for you. It's now like oh, it's mainstream and we're getting paired up with really well-known artists and people who are into yoga. And, yeah, I think it's going to be more growth in that way. As far as my little brand, Yogi Dunks, <laughs> you know, I think the social media world, it's the modern day database in the yoga world. I imagine it is in the fitness world as well. I don't know as much about fitness world, but it's the modern day database and it's, it's, it's futile to not think that you have to play that game um, if you want to be somebody of that stature and contribution in the yoga world. So Yogi Dunks is really a creative expression of what I do, which I'm still trying to work out. Like I'm, I'm a bit over taking just photos in fancy poses and I'm trying to get more my education and other parts of my life into it. So it's quite a, uh, an interesting thing about what people like. And, mm. but there's definitely a way of, um, connecting with people and contributing and I'm starting to learn how I enjoy that more rather than it being a chore so Yogi Dunks will continue to grow in that way and be the person who goes to the festivals and grow that brand but I'll always be the CEO of Power Living and the head teacher at Power Living and remain yeah, with the Power Living brand, it's just we needed to create a character that um, within the brand so that we could have another brand that can be used to go places yeah like a work in progress. Yeah, 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 and it's sort of fun for yeah. me. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, just I mean, I'm just really thankful to be here, and yeah, just the, the it's so refreshing to see so many people just adding mindfulness or mm-hmm. however you want to describe it to all their different modalities and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're at our infancy yeah. in yoga in Australia. I think we've got a huge explosion to come over the next five years yeah. um, in multiple different ways. And uh, 
Yeah, I'm just stoked because it's been difficult, you know, for not not so much the last couple of years, but for the first 10 years of running studios, it was difficult. And, um, yeah, it's great now to see so much support. So thank you. Fantastic. And just quickly one question. For someone that is is looking to become a yoga instructor or teacher, however you want to refer, refer to it, what would be three, I guess, key things that you could you know share with them on their journey to just keep in the back of their minds the first one would be (laughs) (laughs) no i'm I'm trying to so the first one would be personal practice is very important it doesn't have to be two hours a day and you know asana and half an hour meditation it can be a 10 minute asana practice with a five minute meditation it doesn't have to be these huge achievement goals that people but there needs to be a consistency to mindfulness Mm -hmm. that develops your character over time i think that's very important in a yoga teacher because that's what's going to make you a very good teacher is is understanding your character and your tendencies for what you do which is the core of what yoga is about and it's got nothing to do with postures Mm -hmm. the second thing would be that to remember that the shine of teaching 15 classes a week at three studios wears off pretty quickly and you know any personal trainer understands that as well and and to not kid yourself about leaving your high-flying corporate job to go and do another job that's probably less well paid and requires just as much repetition and that this is one thing people don't understand for 15 years i've been teaching nearly the same class every week 15 times a week or whatever it is and it hasn't changed that much in 15 years so it's a very repetitive job Mm -hmm. um, in your teaching and so you want to you want to make sure that you love it that you're doing it more from a level of serving and helping people you know, more for me, it's more emotional and, you know, that inner peace sort of way. And you love movement as well, but it's a very repetitive thing to make sure that you're prepared for that. Yeah. And then lastly would be to train with a very knowledgeable teacher rather than just the trendy things. I think your initial training has a huge influence on the rest of your career or the rest of your journey is um, you you what you soak up in your first 200 hours I don't think you ever learn like that again as a yoga teacher. Mm. And so you want to do your research. You want to do it with somebody you resonate with. It doesn't have to be somebody you like. It's somebody that's effective in your growth. And that's what the guru principle is about. It's not a person. It's a function. So whoever has the function to instill growth and inspire you is the people that you want to gravitate towards, Mm. I think. And that sometimes can be difficult. But, yeah, that's how I would pick my trainings and go with it. Yeah, fantastic. Really valuable three points. I think so awesome well thank you for giving up your time today for the fitness industry podcast Duncan it's been a pleasure talking with you thanks very much Kat expand your career by doing something you love with yoga fit instructor training the perfect way to add fitness focused yoga to your professional skill set YogaFit training courses take place regularly across Australia. To find out more, go to yogafitaustralia.com. And remember, network members get great discounts on the entire range of YogaFit fundamentals and specialisation courses.